We gotta go to the bullpen. So, gents, big news in the world of European soccer this week when clubs announced a breakaway European soccer league uh, across three different countries. Uh, It's fair to say it's not been well received by fans. It's not been well received by players. It's not been well received by the official bodies of UEFA who run European football, generally the leagues involved. And indeed, we've had managers of the team, certainly in England, criticising it. And I think one manager in England has been relieved of his post, who will be well known to many people, Jose Mourinho. Uh, I've not read anything about Jose today, but I can only assume that he wasn't completely enamoured with the idea and that may well have led to him being put on gardening leave for the special one. So in simple terms, this is the big clubs saying we're breaking away from any official governing body of football. We're going to set up our own league. We're going to have all the big teams, all the big players. We'll get all the big TV revenue money. We'll have a special league. I think they're hoping to play that league in conjunction with their domestic leagues they already play in, probably in direct competition to what we know as the Champions League just now. Before I ask the guys for their views on it, I'll probably nail my colours to the mast. I'm I'm a bit of a fan of a European a Super League of all the big teams. I'm not a fan of it out with the governing bodies of UEFA just now. Uh, so I don't like the way this idea has been proposed. Obviously, we don't know enough about the idea. But there's a lot of meat potentially to be talked about in there. So I'll throw it over. Dave Senior, you got some views you would like to impart with us on uh, let's this? Get, let let uh, Dave go first. Let Dave Junior go first. And uh, Sterling Albion or Sterling Albion, what's their the official view on that? <laughs> there hasn't been a statement yet as far as my way, Alan. I hear a, whole, a lot of noise, and you know, every sports channel just now is is talking about how this is ruining the game and it's a complete disaster. At first, I was really quite appalled by the idea. Um, And then when I started to think about it, I thought, well, what's everyone so upset about? Um, So these 15 clubs, or I think one's apparently retracted their name today, um, or or, or looking to. So these 14, 15 clubs, or 12 or 11, whichever way you want to look at it just now, uh, we all know they want to get... Bayern, Borussia and PSG on board as well. But these big clubs have done it. It's the same big clubs that contest the last eight, the last 16 of the Champions League every year anyway. So if you're still going to play your domestic football, if does it really matter the name of the, the two? I, I know I'm simplifying it a lot here. Does it really matter who runs that tournament? I mean, they're all doing it for money. The 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 upper echelon of European football has been a closed shop for years. It's the way of the world. Um, it, if you are, I know you mentioned Sterling Albion there, Alan. Let's let's use Ross County as an example as well. I know you've got a, a fondness for the, the Highlanders. Um, Ross County aren't ever going to win the Champions League. They're probably never going to participate. Sorry to, to burst your bubble. I'm, I'm um, astonished. If you take it down to its very, very roots of football and People seem to be saying this is the death of football. This is this is the worst thing that could ever happen. Ross County fans, nothing's going to happen to their football club. It doesn't matter if 
um, all of a sudden there's there's a bit less money flowing into the club. They would adapt. They would, regardless of where your football team play, if it's at a public park or if it's in front of sixty thousand commercial sponsors turning up that that have flown in from Japan that week to watch a game at Old Trafford, it it doesn't to me it doesn't really matter. It comes down to the football. I think if you're going to get all dramatic about it, football and particularly the bigger clubs sold their soul many, many years ago. And I think that UEFA's uh, outrage is almost a bit mock. And I think that they're just a bit pissed off because they won't be making money anymore. It's nothing to do with football and, and their love of the game and all these great things they do because they could and should be doing a whole lot more, um, is, in my opinion. It's purely down to they see their position as being usurped and they won't be making money out of the common man anymore and it'll move to somebody else. So I'm sure I'm missing a point somewhere, but from my point of view, as long as I can watch whatever team I want, I don't really care if it's the Champions League or if it's the European Super League. I don't give a monkeys. I think the interesting (laughs) thing is how the money flows and I think that is one of the concerns just now because every penny the European Super League would make would go to the 16 teams that participate in the European Super League. And I think there's an argument just now that every penny penny that the Champions League makes is distributed amongst the clubs and UEFA, who can then pass money on. And every money penny that the Premier League makes gets passed around English football teams or Scottish football teams. So, yeah. So what, what, what do you make of that? Well, I, I read a little bit up on that. You know, we've mentioned before The Athletic, really good yeah. website, really good app, um, really quite good journalism. Um, and I, I'm sure I read a piece of their article that the this European Super League claim that actually more money will be fed back in to, to grassroots football and it's part of their whole package is that more money will flow in. Um, again, it's really quite interesting how they look it's not going to be a 15-team league. They're talking about 20 teams, that five teams every year will get an invite. Um, is it really any different? If you look at how UEFA have watered down the Champions League, it's it's moved, it has moved away from the champions of countries. If you want to be nostalgic about it, um, let, let's go back to Scottish football. If you're the Scottish champions this year, Rangers, the last few years, Celtic, you've had to play four ties or potentially eight games to even reach that stage. And Scotland aren't a small country by any means, particularly when it comes to European history. We've we've won our fair share of trophies. We've we've won a European Cup. We've we've participated to a really good extent. We're not a Moldova or a Latvia or an Estonia. These guys have got no chance of ever playing at any sort of high level. We're quite well off and we are still a million miles away from competing or even reaching group stages of the Champions League. So... It's been a closed shop for years. Um, and again, I don't know so much about the detail, but they, they do claim that more money will flow into the governing bodies of, of countries that participate. Uh, I'm not sure um, if that extends to, to other countries as well, but I think where it really becomes of interest is UEFA talking about banning players from the Euros and the World Cup if they participate in, in these tournaments. You think about someone like Andy Robertson, Liverpool's left back, could he miss out in the Euros in the summer? Because just because he signed a contract for a football club three, four years ago, and that club make a decision about where they apply their trade, 
could he miss out on leading his country a, a, a tournament for the first time in 20, 23 years? Uh, that'll be an interesting political element to, to be discussed over the coming months. Yeah. Dave, any thoughts? Yeah, that's um, what I always thought would prevent a breakaway Super League from happening was that, you know, UEFA FIFA would be able to ban their clubs from the domestic tournaments. I don't think they're that bothered about the domestic tournaments, are they? Although I say, you're right, Tottenham are well up for the League Cup, aren't they? You know, if, if there's one thing that ought to have been done years ago, complaining about games, is it's the League Cup. Then why don't we just say, right, we're in the Premier League. We're not going to join that tournament. We're going to leave that to the guys who are in the league. You know, anyway, that's that's another thing. But I see that the, the Super League, I haven't read the article yet, but they've already, presumably today, filed injunctions against FIFA and UEFA to try and stop them from banning clubs or players from future tournaments. So they're obviously concerned about this because, um, you know, they put... It's sort of like about the players that you know they do want to play in World Cup, so that you know the clubs themselves, the football clubs, we all love our own football club, but football clubs are employers and they're particularly bad employers, and they have been in the whole history of football. You know, you look back at I don't know, Bosman rule, anything, any system you've had, they're appalling. Employers <laughs> really are, and they don't they don't give a monkeys about players. They don't want their players to play international football. You know they you know there's UEFA had to bring in rules to prevent them from uh, you know feigning players' injuries so they wouldn't have to go and play. So yeah, I don't really instinctively I'm against it, but I'm with Dave on well. You know, this is all about anti-competitive. In actual fact, you know, there's five clubs going to be able to qualify for it, and it'll be the usual clubs that are in the Champions League anyway. You know, yeah. We're not already fed up of... <laughs> how can you be fed up with Barcelona versus Real Madrid? But, you know, the, 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 I suppose they do play a couple of times every year, don't they, in a lot of yeah, cup it's, finals. It's, yeah, it's interesting because one of the criticisms of it is about how it's going to devalue domestic leagues. But the League Cup is already devalued. Uh, and I think, is the League Cup not the competition that... One of the competitions some of the senior teams in England now play, there are under 20 teams in it. Um, the FA Cup, did Liverpool or Man United not play a Super League game or a Middle Eastern glamour game before playing in an FA Cup tie. It, it was the world. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I'm not the biggest Man United fan. They got criticised for that, but they were almost, they were, were they not required to play that game yeah. by the, the football authorities in this country? So actually, it wasn't Man United's fault. And, you know, we're trying to, you know, to promote what is probably in our world championship of 
club football. It's not a bad idea, is it? Yeah. There's, there's an interesting angle there about a lot of the reaction we're seeing in the UK, obviously generally dominated by English football fans as the bigger nation. Uh, but if you consider the English teams, in the we've seen them in the group stages of early group stages of Europa League and Champions League playing their their second string teams because they know they're good enough to go through. Whereas for Scottish teams fortunate enough to get to the group stages it's such a massive achievement so you've already devalued these competitions in some senses playing against the smaller nations uh, such as Scotland so we're already struggling with that we've got Sky, BT Sport, the English Premiership all complaining about this is all just a money chasing exercise My, I, when I took Sky Sports out I got all my sports needs on there. I've now got Sky Sports, I've got BT Sport, and I've got Premier Sports. They have the same commentators on a lot of these channels, so I don't know what the, the relationship is there. But in effect, I'm now paying for three channels so as I can watch the Scottish Cup, the European football, and domestic league football. So there's a lot of greed going on there, relying on people like myself to put the money in anyway. And yeah, you might get a new TV channel coming along for this European thing. I, I'm excited by the concept of a league because I've always sort of thought, I remember, I mean, Yorkshire Dave might not appreciate it, so me bringing it up so much, but the first year of the Champions League and you knew where I was going with that. But when you consider how the Champions League has developed from, initially it was eight teams, two leagues of four, and the winners going into that. So I was lucky enough to see the group games in, in, at Ibrox that season. Um, the Champions League has developed nicely, but now now it's quite complicated. It's quite cumbersome. Yes, it allows people to come through who maybe don't normally come through, but I'd, I'd be pretty confident if I looked at the last eight in the competition over the last I'm 10 years. Of all that. You know, the same people who are, who are now saying like, the Champions League must be pretty protected, uh, you know, against us, are the same people who, you know, when they extended that to non-champions, were saying this is the end of civilization as as we know it, you know, yeah. when it extended to, I mean, fifth-place clubs have qualified from England for the, in inverted commas, Champions League. I never really had a problem with it. I think I pointed out previously that Real Madrid we're not champions of Spain, but they were it the first five years in a row, didn't they, in the mid-50s to 1960. As I'm pretty sure Barcelona were champions of Spain during that period, so they qualified as holders of the of the competition. I've never really had, it's the best teams in Europe are playing in the Champions League, are they, every year. Yeah. And surprise, surprise, it's... The same ones pretty much all the time, you know, from there's a top two in pretty much every country, isn't there? Yeah. Um, you, in England, it's, it's, it probably extends to three or four. And in terms of devaluing competition, I'm pretty sure if you went through not just the big leagues, but most leagues in Europe, you will find a very small number of clubs have actually won their championship in the last 20 years. So competition has been badly affected by money because the big clubs in whatever market they're in 
will attract the most money, will attract the best players, and will win year after year. That's one of the reasons why we loved Leicester winning the league. But let, let's face it, that just doesn't, that's a once in a blue moon experience. And football cannot rely on a once in a blue moon experience for that level of excitement. And UEFA should possibly have thought about this and seen done a wee bit more to get this mm-hmm. done. And interested in the the American angle in this, and we've obviously got a lot of American listeners. I think there's four of the eight announced clubs have American owners, three of them English, Arsenal, Liverpool and Manchester United all have American owners. Obviously Liverpool owned by Fenway Sports Group who who own the Red Sox as well. It's a bit of of a closed league here. We're we're talking about European Super League, although they are talking about five extra clubs being allowed in every year. How do you feel this compares to I mean, the MLB is a closed shop. The NFL is a closed shop. Yes, they've expanded when they've seen a, seen a geographic or a financial need into a certain area. Football has relied on promotion and relegation in its history. What, what, how, do you, how do you see this playing out? How do you see the comparisons with the American systems? Well, just uh, laughing at my own thoughts there, because I was going to say that the, you know, the American system franchise system is actually pretty good and I was going to say that they believe in that the best can be worst <laughs> yes think I think it's the other way around but actually you know both are possible aren't they you think yeah the NFL the sort of Buffalo Bills and the New England Patriots used to be the sort of joke teams and then you know in the last 20 years they've won numerous Super Bowls you know and that's because the way they set it up, and um, who, who was it that we were we had as a guest on our program? Was it the, the Red Sox man Terry Cushman, or was it yeah. the yeah who you know thought actually you know that would be it would be interesting. It's not unworkable, but would it be interesting to see other clubs being having a route in to the MLB without having to submit a franchise? doing it, coming up through the minor leagues. But it's, it's not the way they operate, is it? And they've got a pretty good system. I think I've mentioned before that the Rugby League have tried to do this. There's no perfect system for that great sport. But they've tried to um, – what clubs want, that you know, not there's only really the Premier, the, the Super League, that are full-time professionals. And if they get relegated to the Championship – it can really, um, I think they get some sort of parachute type yeah. payment, but it can really affect them financially and, you know, not do them any good at all. And that's not what you want for the sport. So, yeah, there's definitely problems with relegation, isn't there, from, from leagues. But football is a sport that's built on, you know, the hope that we can make it, we can come through loads of examples of teams that have come through the divisions um who's the team in germany that uh, have done it quite recently red bull yeah i don't, I don't think they're everyone's favorites but it shows you what's possible they're obviously backed financially but um that's the way we seem to like it in football um so anything that uh, threatens that is um 
uh, is not going to be popular. Dave Jr.? Yeah, it's hard to add anything more uh, to the argument. Whatever your team is, you're going to follow them regardless of what league they play in. It'll be interesting. There seems to be some real vociferous uh, reaction at these clubs' grounds. The other clubs, I'm, I'm really, I'm a bit of a loss to see how it affects whichever whichever league or cup your team plays in. I'll be there. Yeah, you'll be there. You'll be watching. You're supporting. Nothing will stop it. Um, I think about watching the other night. Uh, there's a good documentary about Clyde Bank. Um, you know, the, the hardships that that club went through, their yeah. fans. You know, if you want to support Clyde Bank, they are still out there now. They, you know, the fans of that yes. club work, work their way. They watch rubbish for years. They try and find a home. Um, again, uh, this is just a big play for money by the top teams and UEFA and a lot of the, my guess, the sixth through twelfth place teams. Uh, and a lot of the top divisions are angry um, because it might be closing an avenue down to them, but it's not going to stop the common man supporting their team in whatever league they play in. And women, Did, I apologise. Were you going to come in on something there, Dave? Yeah, just uh, you know, thinking about the American ownership and the money aspect and the value of clubs and you know why successful businessmen come into a sport which is, you know, it can be quite precarious. I've seen what's happened to a lot of clubs going out of business. You know, my own team, Leeds United, spent, just spent 16 years in the second tier because they really got into such financial difficulties. Tra- trade, uh, you know, um, yeah. going, going for living the dream. Was that the, um, that was the famous... <laughs> Quote from publicity, Pete, wasn't it? Pete Ridsdale, and um, they were they were chasing being the top team in Europe, and they overstretched, and two years in a row they failed by one league place to get into the Champions League, and that became the unraveling of their financial um, status. Yeah, I mean, you, look at, you look at my, you know, probably you remember as well as I do. Manchester United, probably the biggest club in Europe, the world. You know, it's either them or Real Madrid and Barcelona, isn't it? 1989, Michael Knighton um, agreed to buy the club from Martin Edwards for £20 million. Now, 1989 is not that long ago. 1991, they floated onto the stock market, you know, which was probably anticipating the, the, the Super League. Uh, the Premiership, sorry. Um, Sky nearly took them over. Do you remember? 600 yes, that's right. 1999, it was actually accepted and not backed by the Monopolies Commission. And then the Glazers, or the Hanson Brothers, as I like to not the band, but if you watch the film Slapshot, you tell me that those three brollers <laughs> who played dice hockey, <laughs> you know, it's a great film, by the way, but you tell me that's not the Glazers. Anyway, that's another story. They, in 2005, they bought Man United for something like 800 million, and they, famously they borrowed 500 million. Now, they're not stupid people, are they? They knew that there was another tier to come in terms of, you know, TV deals and everything else. 
So they bought it for 800 million quid. They're valued at over 3 billion just now. And this is before mm. whatever the Super League will do. They've been sort of planning this for 15 years, you know, something like this. They're ready for this. Uh, they'll, what if it goes ahead and in a few more years, that 3 billion will be 6 billion. Uh, they'll sell and be off, probably. So, so you almost come on to the conclusion there that this Super League becomes more and the teams become more and more powerful, more and more stronger. They pull away from everyone else completely. But I think the conclusion we're potentially coming up with there is, has that on, not already happened? Is, is it not just a bigger scale of only two clubs in Scotland have won the league in the last 40 years? Is it not? Is it the same thing that the quarter-finalists of the Champions League, you will guarantee at least seven of them will be Super League teams? So there is really... They're getting stronger, but it's up to the product of the teams left behind to make their own product stronger. I've often mm-hmm. wondered, again, on a smaller scale, and, and possibly I've got an example is which maybe not works so well, but Rangers and Celtic aren't popular amongst other teams in the Scottish League. But if they leave, I've often wondered, would you not have a more exciting product that Hibs, Aberdeen, United are potentially competing for the title or is the fact that so much money is lost by two teams moving out the problem? Yeah I mean we've had this discussion before haven't we when you know it was mooted that Rangers and Celtic might join the English Premiership and you know that argument was put wasn't it that it would be more exciting but it would be kind of devalued, really, wouldn't it? You know, it would all without the top two clubs, and you know, the biggest the biggest gates are, you know, every, yeah. every non-old firm team wants two home games against both the old firm teams yeah. every year, don't they? Because you know that's guaranteed sellout. So, so does this thing come on to? Dave Jr.'s point that it's the teams in England from 5th to 12th place who are relying on the revenue of those top four clubs that, that they bring in TV deals and they bring in, in full houses when they play them, that that becomes the critical feature. I think it's the TV deals, isn't it, without, you know, six English clubs, you know, taking away six the top teams, um, there's still enough good teams now for it to be a good product. You know, I hate that, yeah. but you know what I mean? But it is going to, uh, it's, it, you know, it's surely reduce the revenue, the TV revenue. And oh, Sky last night I was listening because I was watching the, the Leeds-Liverpool game. And um, of course, you know, yeah, Jamie Carragher and Gary Neville <laughs> Yeah, going up two two people that are paid to publicly hate each other and hate each other's clubs. You know why? Why all of a sudden 
are they the ones who are the paragons of virtue in our cast? They I disagree with a lot that they were saying, but my goodness, it's you know, it's a, we're in a funny situation, aren't we? You can't tell me that Sky say they're not involved in the discussions. So who's going to televise it then? Is it Netflix or, you know, a streaming thing? I don't know. Somebody's <laughs> providing the money from somewhere and it's got to be a TV-type deal. I, I did wonder today, Dave, when would Sky have been so vociferous, their news channel, their pundits, I did wonder if Sky had the rights to this new league, would there be quite as much open debate or would it be getting rammed down your throat about a fantastic uh, television yeah. opportunity coming next season. Yeah. We're talking we're talking there about TV deals, uh, if the, the top four, the top six go missing, but uh, we're not still talking about those teams still remain in the English Football League. It's just that they don't have a participation in the Champions, in the European circuit. I think that's they, potentially correct. And what, what you then rely on is the money they have is to have a squad big enough to compete in both competitions, and, mm-hmm. and that's their responsibility then then to do that. The, one of the things that gets me about this is it, it's amazing. I, I like tradition. Um, I love going to see small grounds and I love going to see old stadiums. I'm always fascinated. Football fans are so reluctant to change. Now, I've been on the other side of it when Ross County have come from the Highland League and gone all the way to the Scottish Premiership, but Change is required. The world is the one thing I often say is the world is very different when the Scot from when the Scottish League was set up in the 1880s or whatever it was. So you have to have some expectation of change. What's your thoughts? though? change won't happen without the Germans. That's a great point because that that's our hope, isn't it? Really, if you don't want this to happen, because um, you know, like the Bayern Munich and. Uh, Dortmund, and they have this 50 plus one rule in Bundesliga. I think I think their clubs are born out of you know social clubs, aren't they? And they were until relatively recently. I think pretty much 100% membership owned by the members, um, but they spread that out in the 80s or the 90s so that there was some financial input and obviously there are sponsors and um, and owners but the rule is that 50% plus one has to be still in the ownership of the club itself so you know you would imagine then that if the fans uh, the members don't agree with this then effectively they could veto the club's involvement if they wanted to, to join this Super League. It's a fascinating model. I'm a member of Club 1872, which is a fans organisation at Rangers looking to invest by buying shares. And I think today they just made a significant purchase and got over 5% of shareholding. I think the goal is to try and get over 25%, which suddenly starts giving you a lot more rights. But that that's a long way away because... In Scottish football terms, I imagine a club like Rangers require some wealthy benefactor or business to come along with £5 million every now and again. So half million pound investments from the fans, much as they're welcome, 
you can build that up through time, but I think that'll take an awful lot of time to get to that that sort of level. And uh, is it Agnelli has played an unusual role in this as he was head of the European Club Association, but he's now possibly the snake in the grass who's then leading the European Super League. So he's already resigned his position as head of the European Clubs Association. Uh, it, his position—it's a—he's obviously very committed to this. Yeah, Juventus, isn't it? I think Juventus. Yes, that's right. Yeah, I'd sort of lose track of who's who, and you know, let let's face it, the UEFA guys and the FIFA guys—they have not covered themselves in glory, have they? Over over the decades, um, you know, where there's unlimited, pretty much unlimited amounts of money, there's going to be equal amounts of corruption and and shadiness. Possibly a lot more to run in this story. We see that the big teams have a lot of power and a lot of success already. We see that that's probably the way it's going to happen and continue to happen. We like the fact you've got promotion and relegation. That's a key feature of football. We like the fact people can get entry into these leagues. Uh, we're, we're concerned about the impact on international football. We'd question if UEFA needs to be stronger in here. We're, we're intrigued by the idea of a league as opposed to a cup. A lot more to come out from this. It's not a complete no, but there's aspects of this that we just are uncomfortable with. I think the thing that frustrates me about this is, at the moment, a lot of the narrative being given out is, is really one-sided, which is understandable, that's okay. But I think the sides that are telling you the one side of the story are the sides that are really going to lose from this. The likes of, you know, the media partners that don't really know where they stand and they're worried about their own financial interests. So I'd be interested to hear a little bit more from this European Super League and indeed if there is money to flow back into grassroots football. But I'd be really quite interested to hear about that. One thing that's really quite clear from the last few days is this isn't just uh, a bunch of people round the table talking about doing this. As Alan said, they've resigned from, from real positions. Something's going to happen. Something's got to give. Hey, thanks for joining us on the Highland Bullpen. We're also featuring on all the usual social media channels, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Just search for the Highland Bullpen. On Twitter, our handle is at HB. U-L-L-P-E-N at H-Bullpen. At Instagram, it's Highland underscore Bullpen. And Facebook is quite simply the Highland Bullpen. We've also got our email address, highlandbullpen at gmail.com. We really appreciate those of you who've got in touch, asking questions. We are here to learn ourselves and we're here to help you guys learn as well. So feel free to contact us and follow us on any of those channels. Thank you. Thank you.